Welcome to the Happy Client Show. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to helping inbound agencies master the art of truly delighting their clients. This episode is brought to you by Do Inbound, the project and process management platform built by an agency for agencies. Hey guys, Learn welcome more to the Happy Client Doinbound.com. Show. We're creeping towards now, the end of season host, two ben here. And I almost said season three because I'm looking forward to it. Uh, and today we're talking about a really important topic. But first I want to introduce my lovely co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, how you doing? Ben, I'm doing good today. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be on episode number 20 of this season. We're trying a new layout here in our recording studios here at Doing Bound Headquarters, so I'm excited about that as well. Um, should be a little bit more interactive, and I hope uh, hope the audience can pick up on that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Instead of having a wall between us, both literal and metaphorical, we have clear view into one another, and you have a martini sign above your head, and you're chilling out on a beautiful leather couch, coffee in hand. We're just kind of chilling out here. Uh, having a good time. So thanks for being here. Ben, my pleasure. What a fantastic atmosphere with the sun shining in through the door, green grass outside. What a fantastic time to talk about websites. I can't I think of anything better in this atmosphere to talk about than creating glorious websites for a client. Absolutely. And you know, whenever you talk about green, green, green grass and beautiful sun and awesome martini sides and beautiful leather couches, what you think of is a good destination. We tried to make our headquarters here a vibrant destination where if we want to go outside or we want to look out the window and see something beautiful, it's there. It's soothing. It's therapeutic. If we want to go outside and throw the Frisbee around, our destination allows us to do that. If we want to be productive in the office, our destination allows us to do that as well. And so a website isn't just a website. A website is an online destination and in the inbound process, that online destination, you have to be absolutely merciless. And I use the word merciless very intentionally. I want to drum up something borderline extremely intense. Let's just put it that way. It's an extremely intense approach that you have to take because your success in inbound is directly linked to that online destination and that website. And you know, I, I know it's commonly separated and it, it seems that the thought still pervades that uh, a website and an inbound partnership are very separate agreements and that you know you either do a website or you either do inbound. You don't do them at the same time or in the same train of thought. But I know you realized this early on and I realized it as well. A website has a tremendous impact on the success of an inbound campaign or the inbound process. And if you actually want to succeed, you have to consider a website. And that is why you have to be merciless about the website that is going to be running your inbound. Yeah, and I think this conversation comes at a good time when HubSpot's rolling out a lot of growth-driven design conversation, how to use the website as not something that gets created once and sits and stays forever, but as something that evolves and grows, much like an inbound campaign does. You don't just start blogging one day and then wrap it up and say, we're done. Yeah, the blog builds on each other, so why shouldn't the website function in the same way? So we talk about being merciless in the website. I think it's a strategy piece. I think it's aligning everything in a cohesive journey. Um, you know, I was talking to a Do Inbound customer today who said the biggest way Do Inbound has impacted their agency was, yeah, the software is great, but just the thought of rethinking about the way we engage our client partnerships to think about it as a journey with four phases. Uh, create a game plan, build the engine 
revisit, retweak, redesign the website, and then launch inbound campaigns, starting from the end and building up that way. That process right there, the website is going to be integral at each phase in that because it's core to the inbound experience. It's something that's going to keep growing and keep maturing as you work with your clients. So it is something that we need to consider. And even if you're an agency right now that's not insanely tech savvy, I think that that's an opportunity for this inbound community to come together and really partner well and support each other through this process. So you might not be a crazy web design agency, but it might be a good idea to partner with one so that together you can build on your strengths uh, and really deliver awesome services. So I'm excited for this convo today, Ben, and what you've got outlined right here. Awesome stuff. So we're going to dive into four reasons why you need to be merciless about your client's website. Maybe these are four reasons for you, the listener, or maybe these are four reasons for you, the listener's client. And I know, right? So this is this is going to be one of two conversations. This is going to be, here's why you need to do this, or here's why your client needs to realize the importance of this. Because you know, clients have a lot of pushback with a lot of stuff, and we always have to give a good why for what we're doing. We can't just recommend it. I know Andrew and I have been talking a lot about the whys lately and how to connect those. So we're going to give you some whys, and here we go. So reason number one, and we kind of touched on this and uh, you know, really spoiled this glorious surprise, but website design and development is within the inbound discipline. Andrew, do you want to tell us what this means? And you kind of you kind of went into it a bit there, but can you take us deeper? Yeah, the the website isn't separate. It's not a different engagement. It might be a different contract and when you think about like operationally how does it flow? But everything we do, the website should play a part in that. We don't just want to slap a blog onto a website and forget about the website entirely because it's all part of the user experience. And that's one of the things that you need to consider as you're looking at a website is what is a typical user flow going to look like? What's that user experience going to be? And so, Ben, that touches on branding at one point. Like, what's the brand, the feel, the design that we're getting? But also functionally, like, how is this operating? Are we utilizing smart content here? Have we taken the buyer's journey that we outlined during the buyer persona creation process and spreading that across all of our internal pages so that if a MQL sees a CTA on one of our internal pages, that the offer that they're seeing reflects their life cycle stage? How are we thinking of things that in-depth so that we create a personalized experience for each of the different types of leads that we've got coming through the site um, is it action-oriented? Are we driving folks towards conversion at every phase? Specifically, if you're building on the COS, but really anywhere, you want to convert people as quickly as possible. Give them some sort of an entry-level offer, some sort of a content upgrade, a blog subscription, something that allows us to understand who is the person on the website right now. That's so important for us because now we can identify and personalize the experience for that person. On Netflix, it is an awesome platform because it looks at the movies you've watched and it suggests movies that you should watch in the future. Amazon is great because it looks at the products you've viewed and the products you've purchased and it suggests other things that you might be interested in, segmented by your behavior and, and other consumers that are like you. Well, HubSpot gives you and I the ability to do the exact same thing. Like if someone comes to the Do Inbound site and they've downloaded an ebook, we're not, we don't want to show them that same CTA again. We want to show them perhaps an opportunity to attend a webinar to see inside the Do Inbound platform. And if they've done that but they're still not a customer, maybe they want a personal demo of the tool. So you need to think about lifecycle stages inside of your internal pages across all of your site and make sure you've got those I's dotted and T's crossed 
And then you've got the, nut, the nuts and bolts of your SEO strategy and tying the keywords that you're using, not only in your inbound campaigns to create offers and blog posts that rank in Google, but then also what are your core keywords to your site, the, the on-page stuff you want to implement. Those three items there, user experience, conversion, and SEO, are core areas to think about, not only when you're building the website for the first time, but then circling back to it and saying, okay, how are these things performing? How are these pages converting? How can we get more out of our homepage or more out of our about page? If we're sending a lot of traffic here, why are they going there, A, and what are they doing when they get there, B? Asking those questions, I think, further on in the process really help us out so that we don't just get caught up in this endless cycle of delivering deliverables for deliverables' sake. Yeah. And as you were saying, all of these things that we're talking about, they are key to inbound success. If you're not building something that is user experience orientated, then you're not going to be able to succeed in inbound. And all of the practices that Andrew just discussed about how to build an awesome website are inbound philosophies. So what we're seeing is inbound and website design are within the same general category. They are linked and they share practices. And if you want to design a website really well, you need to use inbound practices and you need to use website practices. And so these things are linked and they are no longer separated. There is a blend between them and they have to operate together in order to be successful for the client. And again, we're coming to a point where you can't just do inbound without doing website design and development. It's a fact of life. And reason number two here Overall SEO power comes down to website development. And SEO is a key point of inbound. We need to attract our ideal customers. And there are several levels to this. You could produce all of the search engine optimized blog posts and pages you want. You could put a thousand, a million, I'm going to throw out some random numbers here, some Einstein exponents as I call them. But if at the end of the day, the site that's housing those assets isn't optimized, then that content, those pages, those posts, those offers, they're literally as good as nothing. Yeah, you think about this, like, when you think SEO, you think keywords right away. But hey, there's a heck of a lot more of it that goes into that than just the keywords that you're using. Uh, you got to look at site speed, you got to look at the overall structure, the way you're laying things out. Um, just the the ability to understand your personas goes into that as well, because your keyword strategy, like the keywords you want to target, should directly reflect the personas you're trying to attract. We don't just want to go after terms that are getting a lot of search volume if they don't align with the intent of the buyers we're trying to attract. It doesn't make any sense there at all. So the the way that you rank and what you rank for, two very important critical things, um, specifically the site speed. I think that's something that not a lot of folks think about um, in terms of ranking well, but like Google does factor that in. How fast is your site loading? Are you loading massive pictures that you have not used a tool to optimize? Are you, do those images have alt text in them? Like the basic stuff. Um, it just blows me away, Ben. When we get a new website project, you go in, you just do the basics right. How fast it turns around in Google. We've seen it time and time again. It shouldn't be this, like it shouldn't be too complicated. There's a lot that you can do. 80% of the results you can see are just pretty much basic things that you go in and do. And then it's that last 20% that continue to tweak, improve, push forward, continue to grow on certain keyword pages that take perhaps more in-depth expertise. But, you know, what I found is like if you can just get most of the basics right, you're going to start to see results pretty pretty quick right away. And another thing to consider here is mobile design as well, making sure that site is mobile responsive so it's ready for all your different devices. That's going to have a big impact on your clients because not only is more traffic coming from mobile, but 
Google's now weighing mobile responsiveness in terms of their search algorithms. So you've got to factor that in into the kind of the whole optimization equation there. Yeah, and it really comes down to this. At the at the end of the day, if what you're building from the start, which is your website, is not built properly, then no amount of SEO work that you do on top of that, no amount of inbound work that you do on top of that is going to be worth anything. It has to come down to the way that the site is structurally produced and put together that is going to determine your overall ability to achieve SEO power. And you know, in and of itself, a website from the base level isn't going to guarantee results. But what a website does at the fundamental level is it gives you a projection of your potential. So if the website does not allow you to achieve a high capacity and extreme level of results – then you're never going to be able to break that threshold. Every website has a threshold. And so you need to build with that in mind, what is the threshold of this project? Can stuff be added to it? Can tactics be applied? Can a strategy be linked with this to send it to outer space? Or am I no good? I, I'm only limited to driving 30 miles down the freeway. You know, <laughs> you have to think of it in that way. Yeah, just like scalability, I would say. Like where... This is really important if you're working with a client and the only scope of your agreement right now is a website because you want to set yourself up to be able to help them out in the future. So the ability to go into that project and think proactively like what else would make sense here. Uh, we're doing a big COS project right now um, and there's there's an opportunity there for future marketing work together. So as we plan it out, as we look at the different site pages, as we look at the, the calls to action, we are analyzing those aspects of the strategy with the thought that there will be more work that will go into that. We want to position the website to scale so that when they are ready to implement a, a large volume of inbound campaigns and create a larger f- amount of content, that there's the infrastructure there. And what I mean by infrastructure is just you've got the, the ability to do smart calls to action in different places and you've thought out, okay, that's a logical first step at the awareness stage, but what's the logical second step to bring a prospect down to the consideration stage. Once they're, once they're at consideration, how do we bring them down to decision? Do we put different aspects around our site, whether it's smart CTA buttons or if it's entire sections that can enable smart content, uh, changing up background images, whatever it is, having those things in our, in our mind so that as we roll forward, we've got a, a plan, like you said, that's ready to move and ready to roll forward. And then I think that that point rolls really well into reason number three we're going to talk about here, which is, conversion is dictated by web design. Now, you can have phenomenal content, but if the design of your blog or the design of the internal pages that you're pointing folks toward from blogs are not designed with conversion in mind, don't have the persona at the center of everything that you're doing, it's kind of all for naught. Like, you've got to make sure that the design that you put together doesn't just look pretty, but it's built around the buyer's journey in mind and that before you get too far into coding and designing you paint that picture of who are the personas we're trying to attract, what is the buyer's journey for each of them, what are the questions that they ask at each phase, because how can you create content that attracts and educates someone if you don't understand their questions? You know, that's a fundamental point to inbound marketing, and it's, it can be oft overlooked through this web design process. We just want something that looks cool. We're just working and trying to fill up a beautiful PowerPoint or a beautiful Photoshop template that we bought and make it look cool and hip, and I want this flashy bit in here because it looks cool. Well, connect it back to the purpose. Why is it there? What are you trying to accomplish? How do you move a lead closer to a sale? 
those are the fundamental bottom line business questions that we ask as inbound consultants going through this process. So if you are, if you're working on a website and it is just busy for busyness sake, you're just throwing modules in there because they look cool or because a competitor's doing it, that's sort of a red flag. Communicate to that client that this is not something we do just because it's a trend, but we need to think what's the goal of this process? What's the goal of this element so that we're pointing our leads in the right direction each and every time? Yeah. And I think I, I love that point of it always has to be connected to a why. Yeah. You know, I'm not just going to create this page for no reason or just because everyone in my industry has a particular kind of page. I want every single page to be designed with a why in mind and, uh, again, the buyer's journey. So, again, you're seeing this blend between inbound practice and website design. If I don't design a page to be appealing to a buyer persona or a journey, then, again, it's just a waste of a page. It's a waste of a design. And the only way to truly achieve action-orientated design, as we say in website design terms, which basically states, you know, this page and every page that I have on my site is going to get someone to take a step. It's going to take someone to move forward, to move closer to a sale, to a commitment. That's action orientation. But if I don't know what it takes to move my usual visitor to that point, then my design is blind. And so we want to design with our buyer in mind, our buyers in mind, in order to put the right elements in the right places in the right way. And just on another level, just from a fundamental design level, there are flawed designs that go out and are put in place, busy layouts that are too busy. You know, We're seeing a trend right now where the clean, minimalistic, very visually rich elements are starting to really convert higher than their busy, uh, you know, antiquated, outdated counterparts. But also you have to think of – and I always like to say this to clients – I want you to imagine two things, that A, even your ideal customer is drunk when they come to your site. That's A. And B, that your 75 or 85-year-old parent or grandparent or great uncle is using this website. When you think of it from those two philosophies, you're going to do things a little bit different. And this is the example that I really like to use. I had a lead come through once, very savvy person, very intelligent, just really uh, the key word here is savvy they weren't they weren't an 85 year old they weren't drunk that i know of <laughs> but what they said to me was uh this website it didn't have a lot of meat on the bone and i said well that's weird you know w- w- there's all these pages built in there's all these layers of information you could get the entire story and more by exploring this website and i was really confused and what I realized was is he didn't realize that an icon was clickable. And so again, from a design perspective, there was no conversion because he didn't understand that you could click on the pictures or the icons. And so that assumption, even with hover effects, that someone would click on the icon to get the more information was foolish. So what is the way to design to convert? There should have been a button there that said explore that said learn more. So you're starting to see that the way you design things should be very elegant. It should be appealing to the eye, but it should also, if someone was drunk or an 85-year-old, should alert them that there is more information to be had there. You can't just assume that you, the architect, is going to lead someone there. Yeah. And I guess that comes back to testing too because like 
with the growth driven design principle, you've got to, once you build it, you've got to keep tweaking and improving it along the way. So we can't just let it out there once and, you know, just let it roll from there. We've got to keep moving things forward. Yeah. Those great points. Yeah. And Andrew, I remember there's uh, one COS project that we worked on a while ago. Uh, the client had all of the SEO optimization. They had an amazing, they had a great keyword strategy. They had all these things. But as you recall, what was missing was the design of the site was not action oriented. And how many leads did they lose over a period of like six or eight months? It's like 60% or something. It was insane. It was a dead drop in their leads because it reads on their website because they thought like a new fresh website would be all that they needed. But what they found is because they didn't think conversion strategy in this, they just thought design of the site, their leads tanked and they had to fire that old agency and find another one fast. And that's where Guavabox came in and we were able to build them not only a new website, but tie that in with the inbound game plan so that they knew the types of buyers that they were bringing in and the, the journey that we wanted to walk them down. Then that takes you, this is a great point, transition to, to reason four. Once again, smooth as this is, this is part of the, uh, the leather couch and the martini sound above my head, I guess, right now. <laughs> but we are, when, when you use a tool like HubSpot, it's just a tool. You know, you need a plan and a framework to make sense of that tool. And so with this client, what they found was they got a cool website built on the COS, but since it didn't have a strategy tied to it, it bombed. Like they were losing business, bleeding leads with this new website redesign. So when we came in, we, f we were able to find out that like the, the setup of your website directly impacts your marketing automation, point blank. That's why people love HubSpot. It's all in one. Um, so that's reason number four we're going to talk about here is like these things need to speak with each other. There needs to be a smooth flow back and forth, whether you're on WordPress or the COS or wherever you are. You've got to have a plan that covers both sides of both sides of the website and the ongoing marketing. And you think about that buyer at the center of everything that you do. When we put that in place for these guys, almost instantly, their leads started picking back up. And with a funnel in place and smart content, they found that more and more folks were getting to the MQL phase, getting to the SQL phase. Uh, sales was talking to more qualified leads because there was an infrastructure built into the site that aligned with the marketing strategy as the whole. And you start with that inbound game plan and everything begins to fall into peace after that. But you can't do that if you completely ignore the website. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot to be said about the setup and how it affects lead generation marketing automation from a level of the strategy and the way that you design, but also in that integration that you talked about, the way that those things communicate. And probably the two most average uh, use cases would be WordPress communicating with HubSpot and HubSpot on the COS. So that's something that you want to walk through with your client. If they're using the COS, I would push and push hard to get a website that's built on the COS because the COS is quickly narrowing the gap between it and WordPress. You know, a couple of years ago, the COS wasn't as powerful as WordPress from functionality and what you could do and just the caliber of sites. But nowadays, we are seeing incredible functionality with the COS and it almost doesn't even make sense to have a HubSpot account and not build your site on the COS. So that's something that you want to think about because what you build on as a framework is going to have a direct impact on your ability to do lead generation with smart content and things of that nature. So you have to think about that from a web design perspective as well. Totally agree. Keep it in mind as you're thinking about your platforms and explore it. If you're, if you're listening right now and you're not comfortable with the COS, don't be scared. It does not bite. 
reach out through the, maybe the HubSpot marketplace, get on the partner forum on inbound.org, talk to some other agencies that are doing COS work and partner with them. Because if you can deliver to your clients a better website experience leveraging the COS, you are going to have a better long-term relationship with them uh, than if you try to patch something together with WordPress merely because you're more comfortable with that. If it makes strategic sense, like um, I know that as a HIPAA, like the medical medical compliance requirements don't allow you to use HubSpot because they don't they can't keep the information in the right places. If there are legitimate reasons like that to not use HubSpot, that's great. Don't use it. But if it's only out of fear that you're not using it, I would really recommend talking to an agency that gets COS and can help you deliver a great experience to your client through a partnership there. So, folks, there you've got it. Four reasons uh, to be merciless in your clients' websites and how that fits into the entire client journey as you analyze your inbound partnerships. Uh, first of all, web design development is within the inbound discipline. I think Ben and I beat that dead horse as much as we possibly could. SEO power comes from your website development. Conversion is dictated by your web design and the setup of a website does affect lead generation and marketing automation. Those two things are directly tied together. And with each passing day and the advent of an expected personalized journey, I foresee that connection drawing closer and closer as time goes by. So thank you folks so much for tuning in to this wonderfully casual episode of The Happy Client Show. Ben and I are just overjoyed that you are here right now. If you would ever like to connect with us, you can head over to doinbound.com slash learning. Check out the Learning Center there. You can catch all the episodes of The Happy Client Show as well as episodes of the Inbound Sales Journey and the Inbound Agency Journey podcast over there. Lots of lots of cool stuff to help you take your agency to the next level. Thank you for listening to The Happy Client Show. You can find the notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash happy. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash happy. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first process and project management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review of the show to help spread the happy client show vibes.